acid flashback oh welcome back <laughs> i don't even know whether i should laugh or cry at this point <laughs> this is our third attempt at recording an episode it's been marred with many technical difficulties up to this point so third time's a charm as they say <laughs> Yeah, whoever made that saying up, probably some, I don't know, drunk Irishman or something. Yeah, he's too drunk to hit it the first two times. So, oh, third time's the charm! Third time's the charm, laddie! If you miss it the first time, get another shot, would you? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe maybe this is a good thing. We were talking just about a bunch of boring political bullshit anyway. So, you know, th- this is our chance to start fresh and get a good momentum going and comment on all the wonderful things happening in the world. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. In summary, everything sucks. We're all fucked. And, you know, just just pray to whatever God you consider significant. And hopefully this will this will pass. All seven of them. Yes. Just whatever you do, don't draw Muhammad. Don't draw Muhammad. Sextortion is a real thing these days. Uh, yeah, it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a real crisis facing society. Don't let the blackmailers fucking win. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty scary Like that people are trying to take advantage of you in that way, but I don't know. You just you can't trust anybody, man. If something seems too good to be true, it is. Have I talked about this before? <laughs> Not on the show. That's the thing. Yeah, you're, we I, talked about it in a private conversation. I wasn't sure if you were ready to go public with it. So this, this is your chance. These guys keep fuck. I should I should just share their phone number. They keep calling me every other fucking day. They're still harassing you. God damn. Oh yeah, but I keep indulging with them because I, you know, it's fun. <laughs> well, anyway, tell tell the story of what happened to you briefly, if you want. All right, fuck it. Let's go. Let's fucking do this. I'm talking about it. It's fucking happening. All right. Okay. So about a month and a half ago, or give or take, uh, <laughs> it was getting, you know, solar season or like, you know, fall, November. It gets tough. It gets dark. I was getting lonely. So I'm like, fuck it. Like, I'll just try to give it a go on online dating, you know. So I'm surfing the web. I meet this girl online. She seems cool. She seems authentic. She apparently doesn't live far. I'm like, cool. This just seems, you know, possible. Shooting seems the shit. Legit. Yeah, it seems legit. It was fine. You know, she she seemed sincere. And then, like, webcam sessions one night. And then the next morning, I woke up and messages from her. You need to listen right now, sir. We have you on film. You're being, like, you have you on film doing indecent things. Now we know <laughs> you don't want, want your life to be ruined, but we can ruin your life right now if you don't listen to us. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> And I'm like, can you call? Can I call you? I'm like trying to call this person and talk to them like on webcam and stuff. And like, <laughs> they won't answer. They're just like, you need to listen now. You need to send us money. Send us money. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, I don't understand. What like, what do you mean? Like, you're gonna like put a picture of my junk? Then they start sending me photos and like photos of like like me and my junk on YouTube and stuff. And like, we're gonna make this like it's a private video. It's already on there. We're gonna make it like public if you don't cooperate <laughs> I, I, i'm kind of panicking a bit i'm kind of like okay this is this is odd but it, like oh there was a benefit of the doubt in the back of my mind i was going like there's no way this cocksucker can do this like they can't put it on youtube they like it's fucking like youtube scans the shit like yeah youtube will also, delete that shit like like 
five people will see it, and probably not even anyone related to you. Uh, probably people in Sri Lanka or something. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Like... Oh, look at this Canadian dick. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, it's fucking nine thirty in the morning. I'm like, I'm at work. I'm getting these messages. I have to go out to a site and do some work. But like, my mind's racing. I'm like, fuck, fuck, because like you know, they they had my name. So they all they did, they went on Facebook. They started like finding all of my family members like we're going to expose this to all of your family members so like they're naming my mom dad my cousins my uncles like two dead aunts like <laughs> <laughs> you know so like like oh this is fucking this is so weird you know like and then they're like oh, yeah. we're i've actually heard all this before because this happened to another friend of ours whose name i won't <laughs> mention so this is a common thing people watch out this is a psa we're doing now just don't put your dick on the webcam it's fine nah you know? don't do it but anyway, what happened next? Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> so, so at this point, I'm like, I'm kind of like, fuck, like, I'm concerned. So I went, to, I talked to a lawyer and I went to the police station in the process of like communicating with this person because I figured like, okay, if I stop communicating, they're going to put it up there. So I kept the fish, I kept the fish on the hook, you know, I kept in contact with them constantly, like worried that if I stopped communicating, they would just do it. <laughs> I hear you. So the, cop, the cops told me it's a bluff. I'm like, well, what should I do? He's like, I don't know, man, block the number, just fucking have fun with it. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so I spend the next 10 hours sending these fucking buffoons on a wild goose chase. Like, <laughs> nice. They're threatening me. And like, at this point, I realized, secret's out. I got a penis. My penis is <laughs> out. My penis. The truth is out. I have a dick. <laughs> Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> so I'm like, whatever, who gives a shit? Like, bring it on. <laughs> they're like, you need to send us money. And I'm like, well, I don't have any money. And they're like, you need to send us money now. I'm like, okay, like how much? Like, well, how much can you send? I tell them like 25 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's bullshit. You need to send us five thousand dollars. And I'm like, listen, I can like I don't have that. Two hundred dollars. I said, no, I don't have that. They go from five grand to two hundred so quick. Yeah, they just want money, right? So yeah. at this point, I'm I'm sitting on site doing my like my my job like uh, that I do, and I fucking communicating with these people, and I sent like they're like, do you know what a money mart is? I said yes, yeah, I don't I know what a money mart is. Okay, you need to go to money mart now, and once you get there, we'll send you the address, and you send us money. And I'm <laughs> like, well, there's a money mart in Calgary, but that's like three hours away. Like like okay, you go to money mart now, and you send us money, or else we're, like, we're gonna fuck your life over. And like at this point, they're also calling me. I'm like, your life is done. You're fucked. Like they're like, they're yelling on the phone. I'm like, if you don't cooperate, you're fucked. Your life is ruined. Like they're yelling. At me. And I don't know where these people were from. Like I'm get like Senegal, maybe. I don't know. I was doing research on the phone numbers, but like they're they're, you know, the the phone numbers are generated through a computer, and that's how they're yeah, communicating. Exactly. Like it's some scam shit they got going. So it's like, <laughs> but they're actually calling me like some threatening, like we're gonna, your life is ruined. And at this point, every time they call me, like I just pick up the phone and yell <laughs> at the top of my fucking lungs for as long as I can, and I can hear them on the like, "That's it, you're done, you're fucked, you're fucking done." I'm, 
I'm yelling profanity. He's like, they're going to kill me. I'm dying. Help! Help! <laughs> <laughs> we were like crying Bloody Mary. And these people are just yelling back on the other side, like, you're not fucking. <laughs> I'm just sitting in my car. And like, I'm so they're calling me. I'm also sending texts at the same time. And at this point, I'm not driving anywhere, but I'm convincing them that I am. And I start, okay. there, was a recent, there was a recent snowstorm in the area, so I start sending them, like, photos from Google about, like, <laughs> about how I'm stuck in the fucking, like, traffic. I'm like, like, are you there yet? I'm like, no, because I'm stuck in the fucking snowstorm on traffic. The highway's closed, you dumb fuck. And I, like, at this point, I'm becoming erratic, manic, and, like, just crazy with them. <laughs> like, at this point, they're, they don't have a say in what's happening. They're stuck with their, they're stuck waiting for me to get to Money Mart because they think I'm going to fucking Money Mart. So, <laughs> <laughs> fast forward 10 hours later it's like 8 p.m or yeah 8 p.m at night <laughs> and like like are you, there, are you there yet i'm like yeah but it's closed <laughs> like okay well now what i'm like i'm gonna sink my fucking car because you fucking idiots made me drive in the middle of fucking winter in a snowstorm i could have died i could have fucking died and then what if i'm dead are you gonna get money if i'm dead no but your life will be ruined because we'll put your penis on like in public i'm like <laughs> shit like like if i'm dead what does it matter like, fuck you so if you die they're still gonna put the pictures and try to ruin your life <laughs> It doesn't matter. They're like, it doesn't matter if you die. You need to listen. Your life will be ruined if you don't cooperate. Like, it's just like, and still to this day, they still they still send me like texts every other day, like, "Hello, Paul. Hello, Sir Paul. You need to cooperate." Sir it's Paul. the same template. It's the same template. It's the same fucking like messages over and over again. And if I'm feeling up to it, I just reply like, "Your mother's a cankerous whore who sucks on your dad's like chokes on your dad's and dick." Like, fuck. Like, you know, like. I just send them fucking the most absurd shit. Like, like, oh, are you going to listen now? I'm like, yeah, after you take a dick out of your ass and shove it up your mouth. Like, you know, just... <laughs> like, I wish... I'm right, like... I wish I still had some of these conversations, like... Because after a while, just, like, I just delete them. I'm like, oh, I don't want this on my phone. Like, <laughs> Yeah. That's great, though. Oh, fuck. Take them. Take them for a ride, motherfuckers. And, and it's been, like, a... I can't believe that. It's been a month and they're still trying to pressure you saying we're going to release these pictures. Like, who the fuck cares? Do it. Well, it's like, I'm, it's, it's because I'm still indulging with them. I'm still like, here, kitty, oh, okay, kitty. Yeah. Like, I, like, like, every time they contact me, if I'm feeling in a yip, yipper mood, I just like, I just raise hell on them. Like, <laughs> God damn, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, yeah, there's, it seems like there's a lot of this shit going on, man. It's freaky. It's, scams are everywhere man it's like it used to be credit card scams now it's like this kind of stuff like that's like that's some you're gonna scam me by sending pictures of my dick to like people i know like that's some like that's some like intimate kind of shit you know well that's the thing like basically what they're doing is like they're putting your integrity in question or threatening your integrity so it's like fuck like like, what if you were a politician or a significant person in the community? Like, you know, like, it's just like, fuck, I got, like, my junk's out there. Like, I got caught well, masturbating. Yeah. You know, you know, it's just like. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. They said, like, oh, we're going to put these pictures out. We're going to ruin your life. Like, if only they knew you did this horrible podcast and, you know, you've already ruined your reputation. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've done worse in the past online on YouTube, like, years yeah, ago. exactly. Like, like... <laughs> Yeah, I remember in high school when you made that in the flesh video and they thought you were a Nazi. That video is still up. Of course, it's classic. 
certified like, hood anyone, classes. If anyone, if anyone's gonna call me a Nazi because of that video, like they're ignorant. Like <laughs> pretty much. Like that was such a stupid like first of all, what that video has like nothing to do with anything of the school. It's something you made like in your own time. Yeah, outside of school. Yeah, and there's nothing like Nazi. There's no like you were literally just replicating a scene from like Pink Floyd the Wall where like he comes out dressed as a dictator. Yeah. And there's no like swastika. It's the fucking hammer symbol. Yeah, but it's the red, the black, the white, and the Yeah, but like come on, you could literally like when they called you in, did you say like no, it's a thing? Did you show them the scene from the movie? What do you mean when they called me in? <laughs> well, didn't they call you into the fucking office and be like, hey, wasn't there a thing over that? Yeah, but there was a lot of like just people saying I was racist at the time. I was saying, yeah, that's true. You were always embroiled in those. Yeah, after Halloween or something, like, and I had done that stunt or whatever, like, because uh, you put or, the water bottle in the hood and they thought you were KKK. Yeah, which <laughs> like all my black friends encouraged me to do it. Like, you should do it, man. A black hilarious. guy told you to do that because they thought it would be funny, and then they all say you're racist. <laughs> the school staff. <laughs> I got hustled or or to them it was actually funny like i don't know like that i don't it was know like a joke well the funny thing is like you weren't even wearing like a clan robe like you weren't wearing like a white robe you were wearing like some kind of purple wizard robe or something like uh or a necromancer like suit on <laughs> yeah something like that and like you weren't walking around like it was literally like one thing you did for a joke like you weren't walking around all day like that like somebody said hey put this water bottle in the hood so it'll look like I a clan one robe. One lap, yeah, just for a lap, and some teacher saw you, and it's like, oh, blah, blah. Like even then, people were just taking things so seriously. That was the beginning. Like I'd probably get shot nowadays. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. I got slapped around plenty, like during that shit. Like it's just, <clears throat> I don't know. There was a, there was a time period. Like at one point, I was like every day on Facebook, I was just posting like the a song or a, the name of a song from an album. Yeah. And I remember, like, the day before, I had an altercation, like, in drama class over a joke of some sort. Uh, fuck, what was it? <laughs> something. It was something stupid, like, oh, why does Rihanna sing to the left, to the left? And then, <laughs> and then, someone, and then, and then someone would say, oh, it's because black people have no rights, which is fucking absurd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so young and dumb, high school bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> So then we were high schoolers like in the early 2000s before all this crazy racial stuff started like we went to school with like black kids and Muslim kids and we actually were able to make like racial jokes and shit. Yeah, and we were the minority like and we got fucking, you know, I felt not really like we weren't victimized not I wasn't at least like you were like because you were always going around like fooling. I don't think they were picking on you because you were white. They were just picking on you because you were like acting like a fool. <laughs> Act a fool, baby. What you gonna do? <laughs> I remember, like, you had that thing going on with Ahmad. Like, Ahmad was like your nemesis. Oh, uh, Ahmed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ahmed. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that dude guy. was like a real like. He was. He was, he was trying he, to prove something. <laughs> well, he was. He was doing. I'm pretty sure he was doing like uh, steroids in high school and shit. Like just flexing all yeah, the time. Yeah, there was like a thing in class. Like we we. We did like a thing in class, food from home, and he accidentally ate like something that had pork in it, and he freaked out and like he spat it on the floor and made like a huge scene. 
But then later on, people are saying, like, yeah, he takes steroids. It's like, oh, really? Are those fucking... Uh, <laughs> you allowed to take those? <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember hearing stories about him in, like, university, just, like, <clears throat> walk around downtown. And if you saw a nice car, <laughs> he would just pose next to it and, like, take a picture, like, free ride. And, <laughs> like, like, straight Instagram, Instagram before Instagram was a thing. Like, <laughs> well... He was a trailblazer. <laughs> yeah, he's an influencer. <laughs> but you... <laughs> what? <laughs> Data. <laughs> you cut out quickly Pablo. there, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm here, bro. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Phew. Oh, thank God. Fuck, that was a close one, boy. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> but yeah, you were kind of doing, like, your influencer thing in high school, too, making videos and getting out there. But you were, like, like I said, you were kind of doing your own weird thing that I don't think people got. I just... I was doing my thing with no foundation of knowledge. <laughs> I was just doing it, like... That's the thing, like, looking back, if I would have actually spent time to, like, uh, <clears throat> do proper production and, like, because my thing is, like, one day, 24-hour project, wake up first thing in the morning, morning, record it, and then it has to be up uploaded that night. Like, with my, with my ADHD, I didn't have the energy to fucking do it the next day. Yeah, I hear you. So even that, remember that one video of Where the Hell is Pablo where I like danced all around Ottawa? Yeah. Like that one, like that was a decent video. Like <laughs> I did that, I spent 13 hours driving around Ottawa, like uh, filming. And then it took me another like six hours of it, of like editing afterwards. And I put it up. It was a great video. Like, Yeah, it's pretty, I'm surprised how much work you put into that. That was pretty hype. I had, I had a vision, I had an idea. I was like, let's go. <laughs> Well, didn't you kind of like rip off that idea for a video from somewhere else? <laughs> yeah, there's a, guy, there's a guy who did called. Uh, he, he's like, where the hell is Matt? He did it around the world, uh, like like a hundred countries or something like that, or forty two different countries or whatever. Um, yeah. But he was sponsored by Stride Gum, so like they just uh, of course. Like he he was financed to do it. Like you know, yeah, go around just promote this gum and do this video, which damn corporate sellouts. And I, when I was in college, I showed my video to one of my uh, college teachers because he was an investor. He's like, if you have an idea, like, I'll, get, I'll put, put money into you. So I showed him this and he's like, what's your plan? I'm like, I want to do it across Canada and like just kind of like map Canada this way. He's like, all right, come back to me with a business plan and your financing plan and like show me your budget and then I'll, I'll give you money. But like I was fucking 19 at the time. Like I don't know anything about financial management. Like. <laughs> Yeah, too bad you weren't, like, more into music back then. You could have gotten, like, finance a tour or an album or something. Yeah, I wasn't very good at music back then. Like, Yeah, you were kind of just starting out. I, I, knew, I could learn songs quickly. That's what I could do. Like, look up a song, like, okay. Like, yeah, now I, can, now I can just jam to anything. Like, <laughs> I know. How did that happen? Well, it's because you were going around bothering everyone. Like, you would just carry the guitar with you everywhere, and you wouldn't stop playing. 
that's all the older guys did it back in the day. Yeah, that's how you got to do it, man. You were like a blues guy just going around. Yeah, but I couldn't play the blues to save my life. <laughs> you can't play the blues. It's like the easiest thing in the world to play. Sort of. Some of like the old blues songs are just like one, two chords. Like you can literally write a blues song with just one chord. Like, That's what I like about it. In Georgia for a while. Let it, don't want it, don't let it down. <laughs> See, I, I suck at playing guitar, so I'm always looking for a way to play less chords. Less chords is better. Let's <laughs> be a band name, Less Chords. Yes. It's like less, less chords, more hits. <laughs> That's all it takes. Well, I'm, I'm getting into like playing bass now, and I've realized like no wonder any idiot can play bass. The bass is a bomb. I love playing bass, man. It is like I realized I was like me and Cheese were jamming the other day. Cheese like sold his guitar. <laughs> what for? What alcohol? Nah, sucks. just for like money for rent. I think. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah. So he came over and like I had to pass him my guitar and like I just played like some I played like a drum loop off of YouTube and I was like playing bass to it and Cheese was playing guitar along. I'm like, this could actually work. I should play more bass. Yo, bass is like I play bass in a lot of bands just because it's like no one wants to play bass, but I love it. Like I'm I don't want to be a lead guitarist. I hate doing lead. I do it sometimes, but it's just like I feel like Frank Zappa when I do it, you know, I'm just like (laughs) 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 don't don't want to. But playing bass, I just love like the like 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 just like chilling on that backbone and just riding it out. Like bass is just so much fun, even if you're just like it just just groovy. It's funky. I love it. I love that shit. <laughs> Well, it's easy because you, you, you can literally just play like one, two strings. Like I remember like there's a band I like called the Jesus and Mary Chain. They were like a Scottish like noise kind of band. They made like noise pop music. They had some really good tunes. But like, yeah, their bass player, when they started out, he only had three strings on his bass. And then he broke one and he just kept playing with two. And they asked him in an interview, like, why do you only have two strings? He's like, well, those are the only two I use. I don't need any more. <laughs> <laughs> But they had like a real like punk rock attitude. Those guys. Was well, like uh, the, that band, the Presidents of the United States of America. I know you don't like them very much. I uh, don't know much about them. Like I honestly, like I, I couldn't even really name you like one of their tunes. Like Cleveland Rocks, Lump, Peaches. The fucking Drew Carey song. Yeah. Okay, that it, it's all right. Like, what kind of? I wouldn't call them like a punk band. No, well, like their their motto was like um, three string, uh, yeah, three, three strings, the truth. <laughs> three strings and a and one drum kit, like in in one drum type thing. So yeah, the bass the bassist only had one string and the guitarist only had two. Oh, that's beginning. cool. I could get into that. See, I'm totally into that. Well, I I think I showed you Morphine once. Remember Morphine, like. They were a really weird band. Like the 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 lead singer, he played like a bass with two strings and a slide. Yeah. Yeah, they were like a three piece. It was only bass, saxophone, and drums. It was pretty sick. 
Weird. <laughs> like that actually gave me an idea. Like, damn, you could actually make like a band without like a lead guitar, or guitar at all. The guitar is like, the guitar is a weird instrument because it, it really gives an instant definition uh, to a song. Without the guitar, it can be anything. But as soon as you put the guitar into it, it becomes like, it's like Amy Winehouse. Like for the longest time, she's like, I don't want any strings in my songs. She just wanted like bass and drums and horns and like horns, yeah, and, and piano. She was like, no strings. I don't know why there's guitar in there. She hated it, you know, because even me, like as a guitarist, you know, like I'm starting to understand that the guitar is actually like a nuisance sometimes, you know, like I can only compose certain type of music on a guitar versus a piano. You can really compose a a piece of music with it. (laughs) Yeah. I think the thing with a guitar is like, you can play guitar whether you're like you're an amateur or whether you're like a pro. Like you could make like orchestral music on a guitar, or you could just play like one two chords. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's a really versatile instrument, and I think that's why it's so like you know popular and so well recognized compared to other instruments. Well, it's like if they say that the piano the piano is the queen of all instruments, I'd say the guitar is like the jack. <laughs> you think who's the king then? The auto harp. <laughs> Yeah, what is the king of all instruments? I don't know. The drums? Uh, maybe. When you think about it, like, drums was probably the first, like, music we ever had. Just rhythms and stuff. It's all based on that. Yeah, or, or hymns. Like, I think melody might have been around first. You think? Maybe. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Because, like, think, well, I, again, my, me and my white cultured fucking intelligence. <laughs> I don't I'm know. Like, oh. It's weird to think of, like, how music, like, you know, I was I was in a cab the other day, and I was, the, the, the driver was playing, like, Indian music. Yeah. I was thinking about how, like, Indian music has that really kind of specific, like, it has, like, a specific kind of rhythm to it. Like, you know. It's like a 16 count. Sort of. Like, you know, you see, like, kind of, like kind of Bollywood movies, the way they dance and stuff. Like, it's a really kind of particular kind of style. Like, yeah, it's kind of rare that you hear a Bollywood song that's like, you know, really like, you know? Yeah, it doesn't count on four. It's like, it's always like, yeah, it's like, it's a lot of like, not polyrhythms, but like syncopated rhythms to put together to create a, a big sound right like yeah they use like different kind of instruments they use like uh what's that in played again the fucking the sitar the sitar that there's also yeah. like a thing called a, not a mandolin but uh it's like a, a piano that you pump it's like with your hand like you pump pump it with one hand and that's a small keyboard like okay, i think i know what you mean i can't remember the name though me neither i think it starts with an m or something like that but uh, not a marimba. <laughs> no, no. And then they have their little drums and stuff, which are super interesting. They're super tight. If you like, hit it with your thumb. It's inter- It's just. It's just interesting because it's a totally different understanding of rhythm compared to what like we're accustomed to out here. You know, it's like yeah, exactly. Well, like, you know, remember, like, in the 90s, like, when you think about it, I was just thinking about this, like, the other day, or this morning, even, I think, like, a lot of, like, 90s music post-Cobain really sucked dick. Yeah. 
Like, you know, yeah, was, Nirvana was good, and a lot of the other bands, like, that were around Nirvana at that time, like, you know, Mudhoney was good, a lot of the other grunge bands, even, like, Soundgarden was good at the beginning and stuff, but it seems like after Kurt Cobain died, like, a lot of, like, the bands that came out, like, imitating Nirvana just fucking sucked, and it was just bland and boring shit, like, there was none of that, like, dangerousness or grittiness that the early grunge music had it was just like let's repackage this in the most bland bullshit way possible well that's the thing like by the, by the time nirvana did their thing like everybody like when and then pearl jam came around and whatever like well pearl uh, jam pearl jam were contemporaries of nirvana and they were like one of the few grunge bands that kind of stuck around and evolved like you know I'm not yeah. a huge fan of all their stuff but they did like you know stick around and they have evolved as a band I got to give it to them on that but like that, their kind of music. Like people don't really mosh at their shows. They just kind of stand there and gaze and sway. You know, like. <laughs> well, I don't. Know. You know that band like Bush, Glycerine. Yeah, yeah. Don't let the days go by. Glycerine. Like yeah. you know, like I was watching like a video of like that dude. Like I was I was watching like a live video of that song at Reading, and it's so like it's just him with a guitar. Like the rest of the band's not even involved. It's just like him shirtless with a fucking guitar singing into the mic, playing these basic power chords. And it's just like, he looks just like fucking Kurt Cobain too. Like he has the same style. It's like, this is just like, just if Kurt Cobain didn't blow his fucking head off, this guy would never have a career. (laughs) Like I'm telling you, when Kurt shot himself, he made so many assholes careers because they had to fill the void left by him. Product placement. (laughs) Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, the song Glycerine, like, you know, it's not a bad tune, but it's like, there's nothing rocking about that. Like, it's got no balls. It's like a song where you just, you don't mosh to that, you sway to it. Like, oh, you fucking take out your lighter. Yeah, Glycerine, baby. Out in the water to looking at the fucking full moon on your back. (laughs) Exactly. It's like music from a fucking, like, high school comedy, you know, like, oh, man, why doesn't she want me, man? She's just sitting there all depressed. It's the ending credits, baby. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing about like bands like Nirvana. Like at least they had kind of a dangerous edge. Like even like song like well, Smells Like Teen Spirit, which is kind of overplayed, like But they had I don't know, little... they had something kind of unique that pushed them away from the other contemporaries. But yeah, after that it was just shit. They had the Pixies element of like going slow then fast, slow then fast. Like the music was. Oh yeah, they stole a lot of their stuff from the Pixies, but the Pixies like, the Pixies were a hard sell for a lot of people. The Pixies are a strange band to categorize. Yeah, like like almost new wave. (laughs) No. Uh, Well, yeah, they kind of did have new wave influences, but the weird thing about the Pixies, like, the Pixies started in the '80s, and yeah, they came up with this like weird kind of pop punk like well, not pop punk sorry that's like some 41 but their music had like elements of pop and punk and metal and like all this crazy shit that they were bringing together and a lot of it was like religious music too because the lead singer was like he came from a really religious family so that kind of informed his writing and his sound and stuff and it was just this really weird music and it kind of it inspired all of these bands but i think the thing about the pixies is they were just kind of too weird to be like mainstream like their sound was too weird and they looked weird. Like Frank Black, the lead singer of the Pixies, Black Francis, like even in the heyday of the Pixies, he was like a chubby, balding guy. Like not exactly a guy you would put on the cover of a magazine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like Kurt was able to kind of package their sound in a more like, 
because you know the pixies were writing songs about like damnation and like pollution and religion and all these like really out there kind of ideas and a lot of Kurt's songs were just kind of like oh my life sucks my parents divorced everything's shit you know like I feel like Kurt's music was kind of more relatable in a personal way whereas you listen to like the pixies you're like what the fuck is this guy singing about yeah like I guess the <coughs> Nirvana had more of a angst to it like yeah they had more of the angst poster boy you know you can't take that away from their appeal either kurt had like that handsome pop star jesus thing going on mystico do it <coughs> yeah pretty much they you know they were a good band to put on covers and they kind of epitomized that youthful rebellion that's the thing too like the pixies they never really were into like that teen angst thing like you know not even ever really in their songs i can't think of a single one that's really like teen angsty Uh, what's that? <laughs> the... Yeah, I guess you could say like, "Where is my mind?" is a bit angsty. But the weirdest thing about that song is it's about it's about swimming in the Caribbean. <laughs> really? Yes. The inspiration for the song was Black Francis. He went to uh, like Black Francis. He went uh, on a trip to I think like uh, Spain or somewhere. He went to the Caribbean on like an exchange program when he was in college. And a lot of the things that, like, he experienced there inspired his songs. Like, he uses a lot of Spanish in his songs, and that's because he kind of learned it while he was over there. And, yeah, one time he was out swimming in a coral reef, and he saw this fish. And that's what inspired Where Is My Mind. So, you know, the song might sound, like, really kind of angsty and weird or, like, being about drugs or something, but it's actually about something very mundane. <laughs> I can just picture him swimming in the, in the ocean and seeing a fish and going, Where is my mind? <laughs> <laughs> just looks pretty much fish. he says it like in the chorus way out in the waters and they're swimming they were yeah, a fucking I great band. i make out anything he said <laughs> a lot of people kind of hate them because they came back and they made like some shittier music but eh. <laughs> oh, fuck. did you uh happen to look at the new beatles um Oh my Nothing. God! That's I was gonna bring that up. I wanted to bring up the whole Beatles thing. Yeah, Beatlemania has begun again. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful? People are finally being like, you know, good music might come out of this. <laughs> Maybe that people are rediscovering the Beatles. Yeah, it's like a whole new generation. Man, there <laughs> there was a period there where I, I would play some Beatles songs and people would like enjoy it, but they <laughs> they never knew where that song where that song came from. Like. They didn't know it was the Beatles. I think. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Well, like even me, like sometimes I'll hear a song and I'll be like, oh, what is that? It's the Beatles. Oh, my God. Like, I got to be honest. I don't know as many of Paul's songs as I do of John's. So every now and then I'll hear like a Paul McCartney Beatles song. I'll like, what the fuck is this? Like, oh, my God, this is the Beatles. Wow. It's, yeah, they got such a mad catalog. And with the new documentary, like, for me, it's inspired me like in my writing approach. Like Now that I actually see how they write. Like uh, in a rush, like they're just sitting there, like, well, we gotta write this album and fucking go, <laughs> and how they sit there and like keep, because I know what their songs sound like, and then seeing how they they made like built it from where it came from, I'm like, oh, this makes so much sense. Like someone needs to, because that's my biggest issue right now with most of my projects. It's like I'm not taking charge. I'm just kind of like I'm here to help. I don't want to have to conduct unless everyone's gonna listen. <laughs> But, well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, the documentary's kind of shown the band, like, you know, because 
that was the thing too. Like people are saying, like, oh my god, finally the truth of the Beatles has been revealed. But like, I don't know. Like, were there really like all these myths and legends surrounding like these sessions? I guess there were. Well, it was a, that whole documentary kind of shows like the the falling falling of the band. Well, because the thing is, like, yeah, like the, these sessions are like where the band was falling apart. But for years, everybody was like, you know, they were constantly fighting and they didn't get along. But in the documentary, you actually see that they were getting along. Like there was some tension, but it wasn't as bad as everybody thought. They were still having fun when like when they were actually playing. They're like, yeah, we got it. OK, let's go. <laughs> well, it was a weird position to be in because like things were really changing for the band. And, you know, like. I, I'm fucking like I'm just arguing with people online about the Beatles again now. It's great. <laughs> arguing about who's responsible for the breakup. Like that's the big thing. Cause we see a lot of Yoko Ono in the documentary too. So now people are like, you know, is she to blame? Is she not to blame? Like she just sits there. She literally does nothing. Pretty much, yeah. She doesn't give any input, doesn't say anything, doesn't recommend anything. Well, there's some crazy, like, people think, like, that she was stalking John and she got him addicted to heroin and she took control of his life. Like, people have some pretty extreme theories about Yoko. Yeah, but those people are probably just, like, trying to validate their own horrors, you know? <laughs> well, like, I don't know. Like, people kind of take things, like, to a level where it's, like, I don't know, man. Like, people shit on Yoko because, like, oh, she took, like, John Lennon's son to court for, like, postcards or something i'm like i don't know man i'm not their fucking attorney like i'm not involved with the family you know what i mean like that's kind of the thing when a band like the beatles gets so huge even like the personal issues kind of become public and everybody has a fucking opinion on them yeah like you know john lennon's been dead for 41 goddamn years like he's literally been dead for as long as he was alive <laughs> and now people have like all these opinions about the guy and like oh like this is why this happened, and this is why that happened. It's like, the guy's not even around to fucking give an opinion, really, about anything, or say, like, it's it's just weird, like... Yeah, there is no confirming any of this. It's like, Well, because people have, like, a whole theory, like, they have a whole narrative about John's life. It's like, oh, John, he was, he was susceptible to, like, powerful women because of his mother's influence, or, like, his mother was his aunt, because his aunt raised him, and she was really controlling... So John had like a weakness for controlling powerful women. And that's why he fell for Yoko and she controlled his life. And it's like that, like, I, I what the fuck? Like, I don't even know where that comes from. Like, I think that was John's ex-wife who came up with those theories, but it's like, I don't know, bitch. Like, <laughs> that's a big fucking, <laughs> it's a reach. You know what I mean? Like, again, we're yeah. stretching and like John is in no position to give any insight into any of this. He's fucking dead. Like, who we get like, you know what I mean? Like blaming Yoko Ono for getting John Lennon addicted to heroin. It's like, why don't we blame the fucking person that gave George Harrison his first cigarette? You know what I yeah. mean? Like he fucking died of lung cancer. Like how far do you want to take this? Like people make their own fucking decisions, you know? I think George was the, I think he was the domino effect for the band falling apart. I think George was, yeah, I think, cause that's the thing. Like a lot of people, when they talk about the Beatles breaking up, they always bring it back to John and Paul, like, Oh, John and Paul, this John and Paul, that, but people tend to forget George was also like a really significant factor too. Paul and John ain't shit without George. Like, yeah, you could argue that. Well, yeah. Like, I don't know if I would say that, like, you know, John and Paul are both good, like musicians and songwriters in their own right. But George is, you know, he was important to pushing the Beatles forward. He was a really important of their part of their sound and their image. 
but you know he was the shy quiet beetle and the young one so all the girls loved him and stuff like you can't really understate george's thing but the thing like john and paul had like their uh their songwriting partnership you know yeah like when the Beatles started out, they decided, okay, it's going to be Lennon and McCartney. Like all of our songs that we write, it's going to be you and me. And, you know, it's going to be our imprint. And George wanted to write songs too, but they never really took him seriously, you know? Yeah, they took his input. Like, they oh. always treated him like a kid. And he was apparently George, he was never really able to finish a song for a long time. Like he finished his first song in India, believe it or not. Like when they took their trip to India, that's when he actually sat down and was like, okay, I'm going to finish this song. Or what's, which one is it? Um, uh, uh, we were talking about the space between the walls. I forget what it's called. I forget which, which song it was. I read the title, but I can't remember. But yeah, like in India, he was also doing like the thing. He was taking the 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 sitar like lessons and shit and evolving as a musician so yeah and by the time you get to the get back sessions which is what the documentary are about george was really pushing to have his own songs out there and he felt like like i think george's beef especially was with paul oh yeah because george even said after the beatles broke up he said i would probably be in a band with john but i would never be in a band with paul again <laughs> And, like, even in the 90s, when they did the, the... In the 90s, like, years after John died, Ringo, Paul, and George all got together to do a Beatles anthology, like, release, which was a bunch of, like, uh, basically a bunch of unreleased songs and stuff that they put together as, like, a final kind of album. And George ended up leaving the project halfway through because he couldn't stand Paul. <laughs> so even, like, all those years later, there was still animosity there. So, yeah, like, I think people that just want to put it all on John or Paul, like, yeah, you're kind of missing the other crucial element here, George. I think George was the, like, because he was trying to suggest good ideas, and they weren't listening. Like, and you're right, Paul Paul McCartney was always like, oh, let's do this old, old style, like, old folks, like, Sitting yeah. on the top stairs in the Lord sits in your Yeah, Paul's granny shit. That's what John called it. Granny music shit. Yeah, it was it's it's still granny stuff. Like it was granny stuff, yeah. but it's still great. like my grandma loved that stuff growing up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And like and, and she yeah. was around when the Beatles were hip, you know. <laughs> you know, like so she, she was threw her panties at George. <laughs> My grandma must have been, let's see, oh, she would have been in her 40s when the Beatles were around. Really? God damn. How old's your grandmother? 100? Well, she 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 she, she going now, but. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so your grandmother was born in like 1920. 1926. Okay. So yeah, probably around there. Yeah. England. And then she survived <laughs> World War II. Yeah. Survival of War II. And then came to Canada. Yeah, she, she didn't. You know what? I, I wish I was. I wish I was more into music back then to, to ask her about it. Yeah, that would have been cool. Every now and then, every now and then, I'd hear her, like just sing like songs that sounded like you know either Frank Sinatra or like you know that nineteen twenties Al Johnson, uh, Dean Martin stuff. You know, like she, I'd hear her sing it from time to time. But mind you, I was probably nine or eight years old at the time. I can't really make out what she was saying. <laughs> I did it my. No, maybe not quite that stuff. Like more like the Tom Jones, almost like the Vegas. Yeah, yeah, I guess. it's not unusual. 
to have ladies throw their panties at you. But wow, like yeah, she would she would have been in her 1920. So yeah, fast forward 30 years. Tom Jones apparently was like a crazy sex icon. Like even when he was getting older, he would have like women of all ages coming to his shows and going nuts. It's like, damn man, how do you do it? Well, it's like probably women that saw him in his youth that are like still see him the same way in in their old age. (laughs) But apparently like even younger chicks were getting in on it. Like chicks that weren't part of his generation. It's like, damn, this guy must have like some, some swag. There must be just some type of persona if you're on stage. He does have like a good voice. He's got like a powerful voice. And he can still do it. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. I'll give him that. I think I, he was on The Voice or something as a guest, like a judge or something. Of course. And he's, I, like, I bet you can't even sing that shit anymore. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, like, Watch give me a fucking <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who do you I, think I am? Fucking Vince Neal? And he, he did the high note at the end, like, whoa, 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 I'm in love with you. Like, got to show those fucking kids what's up. That's true. But yeah, like a, a great story about Paul and his granny shit. Like, apparently, like, when Paul was recording Obladi, Oblada. Obladi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, John hated that song, and he was like, fuck this. Don't record this crap. So John left the studio while Paul was recording it, and John came back, like, really stoned. And he yeah. just sat down at the piano and he was like, no, you got to do it like this. And he just played like the piano riff really fast. So apparently he, that was his contribution to the song. Because <laughs> like, oh, yeah. They, they made it work somehow. In the beginning, I, yeah, I think you're right. In the beginning, it was, it was like, uh, Paul's always singing slowly. He never sings fast. <laughs> Nah, does it? I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a song where he sings fast. He kind of sings fast on Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever the lyrics are. Nobody came. Yeah. <laughs> riding his face through socks that he wears by a jaw. I'll give Paul McCartney credit for that song. Like, he writes a lot of, like, pop bullshit, but that song was actually kind of, like, at the time, it was, like, really, like, nobody knew what to make of that song because it didn't fit into a genre. Well, it's just one note. Dum, 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 dum. (laughs) That's the thing. Like, it's not rock or, like, you know, folk. It's kind of this weird classical, like, hybrid. Like, at the time, nobody really knew what to make of this weird tune. It's almost like a score. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. So he was kind of experimental in his own way, but you know, then fucking John does like Strawberry Fields Forever and shit. Like, wow. Now that's a piece. <laughs> How do you top that? Uh, you don't. The long well, that's the thing too. I think John just kind of stopped giving a shit about the Beatles after a while. The long and winding roads. <laughs> Go fuck yourself with all your jobs. With <laughs> all things, the fear is winding in my. I head. actually, I actually kind of like that song. It's kind of like over dramatic, but it's all right. Like some fans don't like that kind of stuff, though. They think towards the end, Paul was getting too much into like his piano bullshit. To me, the song just kind of lingers. <laughs> it kind of does it's 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 a nice like sad like and there was a whole controversy with the the whole album let it be because they had phil Spector produce it and he put like a bunch of strings on it and shit yeah yeah and paul mccartney hated it like years later he made a new version that took out all the strings and made it more like straightforward 
<laughs> I think I actually kind of prefer the version of the long and winding road with the strings, though. It kind of suits like the epic feel they were going for. Yeah, like it's, it's a good end. It's like, uh, like I said, it's well, not like, like, a movie. like across the universe. Like the original recording of Across the Universe isn't too bad. That song, I've been trying to learn that song as of late, and it's like it's difficult to kind of pick up on. The rhythm is all kind of like off syncopation almost. Yeah, it's a weird tune. It's almost like he's rapping. He's just like saying words. <laughs> well, apparently he thought that was like one of his best songs, but he never felt like it was really done correctly. That's a weird one. Worlds are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. They slip away across the universe. Pools of sorrow, waves of joy are drifting through my open mind. Was that saying and caressing me? It's just like all acid lyrics. Doesn't make sense. Jog I don't know. What do you think the best like Beatles song of all time is? Don't say something. I'll kill you. <laughs> that song's overrated. As of late, I really like. Um, uh, I saw her standing there. I just the. Uh... Yeah. yeah. Well, just like the the whole like one two the one two three four. All the layers to it. Like, and she was just 17, and you know what I mean. And before too long, I feel nothing. Well, she wouldn't dance with the mother. Oh, I saw her See, that's what I mean. Granny music shit. <laughs> that's like, to me, that's almost like one of the first punk songs, because, like, like, it's fast. It's like, like, like. It's like. Yeah. It's like surfer rock when, like, like it, it's. Well, fucking, shit. You, you, you could, you could probably say the same thing about "I want to hold your hand." Yeah, totally. Like that would sound pretty punk if you sped it up and played it with like a lot of distortion. Like. Da, 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 da. I want to hold your well, hand. Honestly, do you want to know why that kind of feels punk? Because it's double time? <laughs> no, it's because bands like the Ramones basically use those same structures and ideas when they were starting off with punk. Like, that's basically what the Ramones are. They A lot of their songs are just like, I want to hold your hand. Like, exactly like that. Just played faster and more, like, you know, savage. Yeah, makes sense. And, you know, the Ramones were, like, really one of the biggest in Like, the Ramones might be, like, the biggest. Like, next to the Stooges. Stooge. <laughs> like you know the sex pistols are kind of overrated yeah like, well they, they have their place but yeah <laughs> the sex pistols were all about the image and like they wrote a couple good songs with johnny rotten because he was a good songwriter but i really prefer the band that he had after the sex pistols public image limited that was some great shit like the sex pistols they just were all about like the image and the attitude and they didn't really contribute that much Except bullshit. I can't even, like, every time I think of a try and think of a Sex Pistols song, I just end up thinking of like a Dead Kennedy song instead. 
I am an antichrist. I am an anarchist. You don't remember that shit? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, the dead Kennedys, yeah, they use kind of a lot of that basic kind of shit, too. But... Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, it's pretty basic stuff when you really think about it. It's almost like old school rock and roll, you know? And the Sex Pistols didn't even really play that fast. Like, the Ramones played way faster. Yeah. Ramones. Yeah. Let's keep up. Stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, even a song like Judy is a Punk, like, that's basically a Beatles song, just played really fast. <laughs> and that trickles all the way down to, like, Nirvana. Did you mean was ah, fuck. <laughs> easiest fucking riff to play really? too? Yeah, like about a girl is really like kind of basic. It's like I need an easy straight. Yeah, like Kurt was kind of he had that sensibility <laughs> going. Uh but yeah, people are rediscovering the greatness and the boldness and all of the wonderful flavor. All of the wonderful flavor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the best Beatles song is A Day in the Life. I know that's kind of cliche, but that song is like fucking great. That's like the... Well, yeah, that's the Paul McCartney part. Found the coat and grabbed my hat, made the bus in seconds flat. <laughs> I like the, like that's at the end of Sgt. Pepper, right? That's the last track. Yeah, it's the last song on Sgt. Pepper. But like that song, it must have been like so revolutionary at the time. Because it's pretty, like, it's actually a pretty, like, disturbing song if you pay attention to the lyrics. Well, and at some point, like, just just when all that, like, the, the, the crescendo ends up coming in, like... Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, my God, oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like A Day in the Life was kind of, like, prefiguring what the White Album was going to be later on down the line. Like, a lot more experimentation and out there stuff. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite Beatles songs that nobody really brings up is a song called In My Life. In My Life. That's that's an early, earlier tune, isn't it? I think it is. I think it's one of John's. Yeah. There are places I remember all my yep. life. The some have changed. It's a good tune. Apparently they played it at Kurt Cobain's funeral. See, again, Beatles connections, man. That's that's from um, Revolver, I think. Pretty sure. Is it? It's a, it's a good one. It's it's a really like it's it's actually like a when I listen to that song, it makes me like nostalgic. It makes me think about like life and what it means and shit. And that's kind of a lot to get from like a pretty simple like little pop song. I mean, that's the thing. There's so many good Beatles songs out there. Like I like like for me, Abbey Road. Like I can listen to that front to back, no problem. Yeah, I enjoy it. Like uh, Sergeant Pepper. I'll listen to the the first, you know, the side A, 
They're like, you can't get around a side B. It's like, ah, it's too much. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. You're probably you not probably- a White Album fan because that album's too weird for you. I actually haven't given the White Album a full listen front to back. I've, li- I've heard every single song on the album, but I haven't yeah. listened to front to back yet. Number nine, number nine, number nine. <laughs> I love that song, the fucking number nine revolution. It's so weird. Like I feel like John was like just trolling people at that point. <laughs> I legitimately like it. I think as a piece of like avant-garde music, it's actually pretty good. But like a lot of people are like, nah, that was just John being an asshole. But nah, he was actually trying to make a statement. I'd have to listen to it again. Because the track is like really chaotic. He was like mixing up all these like different weird samples. Like, you know, they were ahead of their time on everything. Not just like rock and all that and like pop, but also like electronic music and avant-garde and experimentation, like the Beatles. Yeah. What's that one about? I guess that's why they're so important. But who can fill those shoes? Oasis. Yeah, right. Slip inside the eye of your cock. Slip into the eye of the cock and the ranger walking down the Oasis street. aren't even around anymore. They broke up a while ago. Fucking Noel. Well, it was just Noel and Liam couldn't stand each other anymore, the two brothers. I don't blame them. <laughs> well, Liam, the fucking, the, the guy who used to sing lead for Oasis, he sounds like shit now. Like a fucking St. Catherine horror there, fucking. Well, just like listening to him, like if you look up videos of him when fucking Oasis was still together, like hearing him sing Wonderwall was like terrible. Today's gonna be dead, they gotta throw it back to ya. Like he's singing it really fast, like he just wants to get through it as quick as possible, and he's all hoarse from smoking and drinking. To this day, I have still not learned Wonderwall. Really? That not that like one of the easiest songs to learn? That's why I will never learn it because people always request it, and I'm like, "Ha go fuck yourself." Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> well, Can it's you like, play a single Oasis song? Maybe Champagne Supernova or fuck is Billy. Well, that song is like pretty simple. There's a pretty badass solo at the end of it, though. I don't know. <laughs> Slowly walking down the hall. Faster than a cannonball. Where were you while we were getting high? (laughs) I got to hand it to Noel Gallagher, though. He said something pretty deep about that song. Like, one time in an interview, they asked him, like, you know, what are these mean? Like, you know, walking down the hall faster than a cannonball. What does that mean? And Noel's like, well, you know, when I go out there and play it, there's like 60,000 people in the audience. Something different to each and every one of them. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? He's right. He makes a good point about like pop music. A, a mu- like, you know, a song lyric doesn't have to have like a deep, like meaningful, like it doesn't it have just, to have like a specific meaning. You can take whatever meaning from it you want. It just needs to paint an image. That's all it needs yeah. to do. Like, an image of a guy walking very slowly down a hallway, slower, faster than a cannonball, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like a dream sequence, man. Faster than a <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't make sense when you think about it, but it, it you know, it works. <laughs> yeah. 
I guess when you follow it up with where were you and we were getting high. Yeah, it like, makes sense because everybody was just stoned. So, you know, of course, so they were... you're feeling slow while everyone's fucking. Like, oh, God damn it. That's the thing. They say, like, where were you while we were getting high? Do you think that's like, you know, referring to like all the losers back home was like, yeah, we became rock stars. You just sat here getting high. Fuck you. <laughs> I didn't think about that. No. I don't think so. I don't think that's the meaning of the lyric. I think it just means like when they're having a good time, where were you? you yeah, know, exactly. Like, we were, were passing at home, masturbating to hentai. We were passing by fast while you lingered by slowly. Like, <laughs> exactly. Those motherfuckers! It's genius. Give Noel Gallagher every songwriter award of all time. Just once. <laughs> yes. Just once, so he'll shut the fuck up. No. <laughs> yeah, don't pull an Eric Clapton and give him three Hall of Fame inductions. Yeah, because then he'll fucking start preaching against vaccines and everybody's got to shut you down. Preaching? He's preaching about it or against it? Yeah, he's been going against the vaccines for a while now. Like, he wrote a whole song about it and everybody's like, fuck you, Eric. Uh." Would you jab my friends? If they had COVID, would this song be a hit if my son fell out of a window? Yes. It's sad to say I'm here to stay. <laughs> I know that COVID's gone in a heaven. <laughs> I feel bad like that song it's like it's so like on one hand you kind of feel bad because it's about like his son dying and shit and that's tragic but like it's such an easy song to make fun of because of how cheesy it is yeah well it's a, it's a beautiful song I play it sometimes at the bar yeah just, it's alright just to have a tear well fucking apparently Eric Clapton had a co-writer on that song and that always kind of rubbed me wrong it's like dude this is supposed to be like a powerful emotional song son's death you can't even write it yourself you lazy rock star oh, asshole he's so traumatized by his own bullshit that yeah know. no all i can write is she don't like she don't like she don't like cocaine yeah. deepest lyric of all time <laughs> i literally read an article like i was just browsing i didn't read the article but i just saw the name of it i was like browsing through my phone looking at news and there was literally like an article the title was like in an age of uh, in an age of Eric Clapton, be more like Alice Cooper. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why are people even like? I guess Alice Cooper was like doing some nice thing, donating to a food bank or something. But what it's like, why even... even like try to make this weird division? Like, you fucking people are reaching so hard with these shitty news fucking articles. What does that even mean? Like. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess don't be like Eric Clapton because he's a shitty anti-vax asshole. Be a nice guy. Like, yeah, go fuck don't yourself. be an actual dickhead. Just pretend to be a dickhead <laughs> on stage and be a nice guy in real life. Fucking <laughs> absurd. That's what they're trying to say. Oh god. 
Well, Eric Clapton, back in the 80s or something, Eric Clapton went on like a really famous, like racist rant at one of his shows. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> like he'd just gotten into this like really racist, like politician dude and he was quoting him. He was like, because, you know, this was during a time where immigration was becoming more of an issue. And he's like, he was just going off on stage. He was like, get them out of our country. Keep Britain white. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty hilarious he's like listen i used to be into dope but now i'm into politics man it's way more hardcore it's i'm surprised he didn't get his whole career tanked right then and there uh, so bad <laughs> it's especially bad because this is a guy who made his whole career like what where did he go not again why? Yes. Stabilize. It's ready. Three, two, one. Two, one. We're yeah. back. Yeah. yeah what's up? Synergy. <laughs> Thank you. That was the speed of Charlie Watts, the recently deceased Rolling Stones drummer. He came in and he stabilized our connection. He did. He knew it was important. Yes. But yeah, that's like, that was kind of, it was kind of surprising when Charlie Watts died, just because it's like, damn, the Rolling Stones are like immortal. Yeah, they're still around. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They posted like heart, like they all posted like their tributes to Charlie Watts. Like you were the best, Charlie. We love you. And then they immediately go back to touring with a new drummer. <laughs> well, they have tour dates. They got to perform. Yeah, they got to do it. I know he kind of a bummer though like fuck i'm pretty sure they hated the drummer <laughs> i don't think they did no i think they all like charlie charlie seemed like the guy in the band that never really seemed to make waves like he was always kind of the chill dude really yeah he was like a chill jazz drummer type right but he, he was always saying shit he's like oh like <laughs> like well, like, they like, oh, like, I'm missing my drummer. Like, no, no, no. The band, like, I'm missing my band. That's what's happening. <laughs> well, apparently there's, like, a great story about, like, one time Keith and Mick were hanging out, and they were, like, drunk and just, like, chilling. And Mick called up Charlie, and he's like, hey, man, get up here. Get my, I want my drummer up here. And Charlie showed up, and he punched Mick in the face. He's like, don't you ever call me your drummer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> legendary yeah man but who knows that might have just been keith like making things up because keith said that apparently according to keith in his book he said that charlie punched him so hard that mick almost fell out of a window and died like okay that's a bit much jack shackers <laughs> yeah that's how it used to be but it sucks that charlie watts died why couldn't it have been bill wyman their pedophile base what he was a pedophile yeah the the stones bass player bill wyman like he's not in the band anymore like he left in the 90s but apparently like yeah he was like he was banging like a 14 year old or something like it's a lot of people know about it and they're like fuck this guy fuck. <laughs> fuck, jimmy page did thing and nobody shits on him i never hear anybody say anything bad about jimmy page or led zeppelin and he did the same fucking thing what cunt 
John Bonham's cool though. He was a good drummer. You got to give respect to him because he basically like pioneered like a whole new technique of drumming. So I'll give him that. He does his thing, you know, open-handed, fucking clickety clackety clickety clackety but bum. Robert Plant though, that guy sucks. Fuck off. It's so easy to make fun of his voice. I love it. Their songs are like so lame. All their lyrics. Then just him having an orgasm, like, come on, cut it out. Yeah, fuck it, hold it in, kid. Hold it in. Yeah, and I, I remember when they had their reunion, like, in 2008 or whatever, and everybody's like, oh, it's such a big deal. Like, fuck these old bastards. I remember, like, just someone in high school or junior high was like, I'm going to get tickets to go see it. I'm like, the fuck you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck. It's so important. I have to go. They'll fuck you, you. Yeah, fucking Ron from fucking Ron Weasley from fucking Harry Potter went. He must have had a good time. Good on him. At least he can say he saw Led Zeppelin. Yes. Like at that point, that's the only reason you go see them. And he can also say he saw Emma Watson's cooch, hopefully. I I saint it. (laughs) There must have been at least like one wardrobe malfunction. Come on. In all those years. Emma Watson's a professional. She knows what's up. Oh yeah, I've then seen again, her track. Then again, she's a professional. She might have just walked around naked like it was nothing. She's like, exactly. <laughs> I'm professional, so you have to be professional. Don't stare at my tits. <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> Lumas. <laughs> Speaking of Harry Potter, like they're having like the 20th anniversary where all the fucking actors get together and jerk off about how how much they love their own work because they're cunts. Really? Yeah, like they're having like the Back to Hogwarts special, and it's just like. I must have missed it. I definitely missed it. Yellow. Yes. You hear me? Yes, of course. Okay, we're back. But yeah, people are all excited over this stupid, like, fucking special. And it's like, it's just them sitting on couches talking. It's like that Friends bullshit. Yeah, it's no different than the Friends bullshit. That's the thing. It's COVID. They can't do shit. You know, they can't travel, so. Well, look at the fucking Sex in the City people. They did a whole new show. Yeah, but they were due. (laughs) I guess. Well, the funny thing is, they did, like, they, they brought Sex in the City back. And, like, the actor who played Mr. Big, who's, like, the husband of the main fucking horse face bitch there, in the first episode of the new thing, he dies while riding an exercise bike. 
<laughs> and like literally a few days later, he got exposed. Like women are coming out saying he's sexually assaulted or some shit. Really? Yeah. So like as soon as the show starts going, immediately they start firing fucking man. This is just great, isn't it? Another, another sad excuse. <laughs> another one. Well, chalk them up. Line them up. <laughs> Line them up. And knock them down. But yeah, right. speaking of the Harry Potter thing and like cancel culture, like yeah, the actors all get together and they didn't involve J.K. Rowling and apparently they denounced her pretty hard. Yeah, yeah they didn't want her involved. I'm like fuck that, but she just wrote the books. We made the movies, bitch. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like, the whole reason you fucking assholes have a career is because of her. Like, who would give a shit about any of those pricks if they weren't in the Harry Potter movies? Well, plenty of people in Ireland. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure, like, their parents would and stuff. But I mean, like, in terms of the world at large, like, what have they done since Harry Potter? Like, fucking Emma Watson was Belle in the fucking Beauty and the Beast remake. Like, who gives a fuck about that shit? Yeah. Well, I think they're doing Daniel Radcliffe. What's he done since fucking Harry Potter? Nothing recognizable. Fuck them both. He was in a play fantasizing about having sex with a horse. And he was in a play with his dick out, and everybody acted like that was a big deal. And he's continuously. Like that motherfucker that motherfucker tried so hard to rebrand himself as like a serious, edgy guy after Harry Potter, and it just failed so hard. It's like how dare you kill this childhood fantasy of ours it's just not gonna work you're a talentless prick fuck you yeah well it's like (laughs) you look at someone like elijah wood for example like elijah wood who played frodo yeah like you know he's kind of i don't think he's ever gonna get past the frodo image like he's kind of associated with that for life but like at least that guy had a career before that like you know he was acting for years before he came into lord of the rings and, you know, he's humble about it. Like, he didn't, like, you know, he didn't try to, like, make an edgy, like, serious or something after Lord of the Rings. He's like, no, I'm just, I'm going to be Frodo. I'm cool with that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he even came back to be Frodo again for the Hobbit movies. So, good what? on him. What a fool. Yeah, he did. Remember at the very beginning, he comes, like, they did the thing in the Hobbit movies where it's, like, it goes full circle. Like, you see Frodo come to visit Bilbo, and then he leaves to go see Gandalf, and it kind of, like, ends right where the first movie begins. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It was a clever bit. It was nice that they brought him back. He looked, like, it was pretty amazing. Even, like, ten years later, he looked exactly the same. Just put a (laughs) wig on him, and there you go. Wonderful. Meanwhile, those Harry Potter actors look like a fucking crack pipe. Well, old age will kill you. (laughs) Fucking Daniel Radcliffe's scruffy-ass beard. It makes me look, it makes me look mature and distinguished. It makes you look like a douchebag. Ah, sucker. And it's funny, like he said that he was drunk. Like apparently he said like he became an alcoholic while he was making the Harry Potter movies and like in some scenes I'm just totally drunk. It's like, dude, stop making excuses for your bad acting. You weren't drunk, you just suck. <laughs> On that I'm note, we're gonna... he was never good. He was never good in those movies in my opinion. Like I read all of the books and there were moments where I would hear him say lines from the books, and they always sounded wrong. Like, he looked right, but he just couldn't fucking get the character right. Let's just say he's just... Uh, yeah, you just hire he just him. Like, honestly, he's the weakest. I think, like, both Emma Watson and Rupert Grint did a better job bringing Hermione and Ron to the screen, but fucking Daniel Radcliffe just ain't got it as Harry. 
Like, he looks just like the character, but he just... No, he just sits there like, oh, uh, oh. He's doing yeah. the Jackie Chan thing. He does the Jackie Chan thing. Like, I don't want trouble. I don't want trouble. No, no. Uh. I don't, please, I don't want trouble. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if On he that was note, Jackie man, Chan, that'd be better. He could have fucking just karate fucked up fucking whoa. Voldemort. We're getting close to that 120 mark there, an hour and 20 minutes. So I think we should... Uh, Put a Are you kidding on. me? We got longer than that, don't we? No, I remember last time it got cut out at 120. Ah, they keep restricting us. Yeah, they're being dicks. But hey. Well, I don't we know. Are. What do you think of like the new Matrix coming out? Uh, I haven't read anything about it. I have no idea what it's about. At some point, I might watch it. I'm going to go into it with a closed mind. Well, <laughs> here. Sorry, not close mine. Open mine and without any like outside influence, as, as to my to the best of my knowledge. It's like... Well, good. I don't know. I don't think it. I was never a fan of the Matrix. I always thought the Matrix movies kind of sucked. To be honest, overrated. First one was good. Second one was fun. Third one, I you know you lost me. Fuck off. Even the first one wasn't that great, in my opinion. It was all right, but they could have they could have gone gotten away with just the first one. <laughs> I think I've said this before. I don't know if I said it on the podcast before, but one of the problems with the first Matrix is all of the acting sucks. <laughs> yeah. Canton Reeves isn't good in the movie. Carrie Ann Moss isn't good. Lawrence Fishburne isn't good. The in the first Matrix that are are Joe Pantoliano, who played Cypher, and fucking Agent Smith. Yeah. This actor, Hugo Weaving, he killed all of those movies. Like he was like, and that's the thing. He's not a bad actor. Like, I don't think Keanu Reeves is a bad actor. I know there's a lot of jokes about him being bad and stuff, but I think Keanu Reeves is genuinely capable of giving a good performance. Blank and so flat. Well, he's the chosen one. <laughs> well, Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne's a good actor, but in those movies, he's just like, what will you do, Neo? Will you... Uh... Listen to my monotone voice as I stand here in a trench coat, or uh, will you uh, fuck a goat? Like, yeah. Emotion. And he's a good actor. Like, I honestly think it was the directing. Like, they told him, like, no, don't be emotional. That's how future people are. Be blank and emotionless. Huh. Be a completely boring, unrelatable character that no one in the audience will give two fucks about. Great. Those motherfuckers. Same problem the Star Wars prequels had. George Lucas doesn't know how to direct people. He can direct special effects, but he can't direct two people having a fucking conversation to save his fat-ass life. <laughs> so there you go. That's a good note to go out on, I guess. George is yeah, fat-ass. Yeah, fuck ass. George Lucas. Yeah, fuck Kiss you. Those. You sold out to <laughs> Disney. <laughs> Neck beard. Oh, well, uh, they're fucking up my movies, and, uh, you know, I feel bad about it. You fucking signed the money. You signed the check. You took the contract. You took all of it, you prick. <laughs> all of your billions will fucking, you know, you can you can dry your, your tears with all those billions of dollars. And then go fuck yourself. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, you know, it's our Christmas episode. You want to do, like, a Christmas tune or something? I don't know. Uh, A Christmas tune, eh? Let's see. See what I got in my back pocket from these from these Christmas tunes. Okay. Uh, uh.
Rocking around the Christmas tree, have a Christmas tabby pop pow hop where you can see where the mistletoe around. Rocking around the Christmas tree, it's a Christmas hobbity pop. Making news up where you can see where the mistletoe will go. You will get a little hesitation when you hear voices singing, let's be jolly, deck the halls with balls and gargles. Jolly. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a good one to go out on. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Salam to everyone. And, yes. Uh, Solemn, dignified Ramadan. Yeah, remember that Omicron, if you mix the letters together, it spells moronic. So yes. uh, don't, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by the Omicron. And turn that fucking news off, bitch. You don't want that shit in our house. All right. We love you. All right. Love I love you, man. Take it easy. All right. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.